Sashimi. Nagiri. Chirashi. Tamaki. I don't even like sushi. The following podcast contains spoilers for Jiro Dreams of Sushi. You've been warned! What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of KFR News Radio. This is your host, Glenjamin Button, along with your host, apparently, uh, Jiro Uno. Yes! Yeah. Or he, Ono. He's, I think it's a, Ono. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's a he's a, a white college girl going, yes! <laughs> yes! Let's make some tuna! Mm. How you doing? Uh, I'm not bad. I'm not bad. I'm a little sleepy. I'm not gonna lie about it. I feel like you're uh, always sleepy. I am. I'm I am a hardworking boy. There was some kids that threw cheese on the theater walls and I had Those to like, bastards. I had to clean it today. Did you execute them? Well, I uh legally, yes, I did. <laughs> um <laughs> of course. But uh, I was dealing with that a lot and I was up and up on a ladder cleaning and Wait, just, are kids was, off today or or was it uh well, I didn't so, say when they threw it up there. That's true. So that's that true. Is, uh, yeah, let's just go with that. Yeah. Um but yeah, so just up in high places scrubbing uh and also holding I had the cuz the the hose for like this carpet cleaner is mm-hmm. like really short on the carpet cleaner machine, so I had yeah. to carry the machine up in the air while balancing and scrubbing at the I'm I'm tuckered out. That's it's it's as easy as it gets. It's a sad little boy. But before I was tuckered out, I actually did watch a couple movies, my what? man. That's that's right. I, I didn't uh, post them on the Insta, so you wouldn't have even known. I know. That's crazy, right? Yes. <clears throat> so we started out with a nice little, uh, just an easy rom-com um, you and I watched together called John Wick 4. <laughs> yes, yes. Very um, romantic. There is a review up on the YouTubes for that if you guys want more information about that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's John Wick. I, I feel like you guys know what we're going to say about it. But find out actually what we said about it. Yes. Uh, after that, I had... I've been doing a little bit of uh, thrift shopping and uh, like the last like couple months and in the thrift shopping I always go and I should go to the DVD section and I try to find all the DVDs that like strike some sort of uh, nostalgia for me and I've been yeah. making a pile I've told you a few I've even sent you a few pictures of the ones that I've grabbed mm-hmm. um, so this most uh, last week uh, I found secondhand lions and I Ooh. picked that bitch up like a motherfucker. Cause, Is that Michael Caine, Haley Joel Osment? Yep. And uh, so that one, that one was a big one because in in my household, at least my mother's household, we basically it was on like one of those premium channels. I can't remember if it was Stars or HBO or any of those, mm-hmm. but uh, it was always on one of those channels. And anytime it was on, we always watched it. Yeah. My, my my mom and I loved that movie. Uh, still holds up. It's a great movie, and yeah. I still love it. It's I, fantastic. I actually haven't seen it. I, I, I've wanted to because I'm a big fan of Haley Joel Osment, mm-hmm. uh, and I kind of want him to have a comeback year. Um, I, I really want him to as well. Not he's that great. he's gone anywhere. He's just kind of, you know, 
He was in the he, vo- in the boys very briefly. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 done small things here and there, uh, but I want him to have like a a mainstream comeback. Mm-hmm. Unless for- he doesn't want that, then I I, I, f- I respect that. So. I forgot how kind of fast this movie went, like how quick it kind of got to its uh, plot uh, yeah. in the beginning. Like it, it, it kind of jumps into it. I thought, oh, half an hour it would, it would get into the plot. No, he gets he gets in there in like 10, 15 minutes easy. Well, there like, you go. Oh, God damn. Oh, like if it was maybe half an hour or maybe 15 minutes longer, I would have been very happy. Very Almost perfect in ways, but mm-hmm. maybe one day you'll see. Who knows? Yes. Uh, after that, I had watched 13 Ghosts, uh, which is just a product of the 2000s horrors movies that came out back and forth, back and forth. Mm-hmm. Just there was tons of them. Uh, this one holds a lot of nostalgia for fucking almost everybody who shouldn't have been watching this movie when they were a kid. I'm assuming myself. this is the the 2001 remake. Yeah, the with Tony, Tony Shalhoub and Matthew, uh, Matthew Lillard. Lillard. And also, I mm-hmm. think, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, the older sister from Even Stevens is in, isn't she? Or is that something else she's in? Uh, I'm pretty sure that's not her. Okay, I'm, I'm thinking uh, you're of something talking about else. Kim Possible? <laughs> no. Uh, Kim Possible's in it too, I guess. Um, oh, and 13 that, Ghosts, but... I don't Christy think she's Romano, in who plays Ren Stevens and even Stevens, she's in a horror movie uh, from like the early 2000s, and I can't remember what yeah, it is. I don't think it's this one. Yeah, I, I get it was, mixed up. The, uh, the chick who was in this was Shannon Elizabeth, and she was in like American Pie and a couple other movies. Mm-hmm. So it couldn't have been her, not this one. Um, but this is, uh, like I was saying, I grabbed this as well from, uh, the nostalgic. I was like, oh my God, secondhand lions and 13 goes, I'm going fucking nuts. <laughs> this is crazy. Um, I, Matthew Lillard is like the prime reason that this movie is as good as it is. Yeah. He was, he's so sassy in all his movies. And this is just like one of the sassiest ones. And I fucking love it. Because um, he he pretty much makes this movie as enjoyable yeah. as it is. Is the plot good? Probably not. Uh, like it's it's mostly yeah. just nostalgia. <laughs> I remember watching it when I was probably sixteen or so, and thinking uh, it's not good, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> like I was reading the synopsis on the back, or no, I was actually I looked up a trailer for this before I actually watched. I'm like I gotta see what this was like, what this was advertised like. Mm-hmm. It's it's. I finished the trailer. I'm like, how the fuck did somebody come up with the concept for this after watching the trailer? I'm like, how do you just think of that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) How do you sit down? And then the person I was watching it with was like, drugs. I'm like, well, actually, that makes points. (laughs) I think it uh, is based off. Yeah, there's a 1960s film called 13 Ghosts. Mm. uh, And I think it's a remake, the the Tony Shalhoub one. But I could be incorrect about that. Um, But yeah, who knows? Who who knows? Tony Shalhoub knows probably. Um, but after uh, after that, I watched uh, a movie that I know is a remake from a very older movie, uh, House on Haunted Hill. Yes. I don't know if you've watched that one or not, but uh, there's there's been like a thousand remakes of that. Yeah. Because it's based off of a book. A uh, Haunting of Hill House is actually based off that same book. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a shit ton of remakes for that. Um, so after after I had watched uh, Thirteen Ghosts, I'm like, there's another movie that was in the like 2000s era of horror movies that is just it's there, and I couldn't think of it for like literally 30 seconds. I said that I'm like, oh, I can't think of the name, and then I said House ha- ha- Haunting on Hill House. What is it? Oh, fuck. <laughs> I, and then I looked it up, and there it was. And I'm like, I gotta watch this movie because the main reason I knew this or remembered this movie. 
isn't that because it was a good horror movie or anything. It was because there was uh, that Marilyn Manson uh, cover of Sweet Dreams, and it was like yeah. in this, and it was primarily just the beginning and end of this this movie was just sweet dreams are and oh my god yeah. so I, I got halfway through that before i was like i need to go to bed because <laughs> this is too much horror for one night and i'm just tuckered yeah. the hell out uh and then after that i watched uh jiro dreams of sushi which mm-hmm. we shall get into in a minute but mike what did you my man what did you get into this yeah, week i'm gonna try not to take as long as i did last week uh <laughs> i was putting up the time stamps for last week's episode and i was like jesus mm-hmm. i talked about movies for 13 minutes before you, we you got did watch it. 13 movies so <laughs> yeah. it makes sense uh, so i'll try to go through these a little faster uh the last one i watched last week was a documentary by ingmar bergman called pharaoh Doc- uh, document he followed that up 10 years later with pharaoh document 1979 in which he kind of reevaluated his first documentary, uh, mm-hmm. interviewed some of the same people. Uh, it was really interesting, especially they um, in the first one uh, from 1970, he interviewed a bunch of kids uh, and then uh, teenagers. And then 10 yeah. years later, he interviewed them as adults. Uh, and like their perception of the island that they lived on completely changed. Like at first they hated it and then they loved it and thought about mm-hmm. it like you know fondly uh so i thought that was interesting really good documentary uh then i you know is it going to sound conceited but i it's really just so i can learn from my own mistakes i like to re-watch some of my own films not just because i think i'm great but because i like watching it to see what i would do different now yeah, it's uh, a little constructive criticism yeah exactly so i rewatched the plea uh, my film my uh, from t- 2021 that we filmed in the mountains during the pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, the mountains of Pennsylvania. Um, so, yeah, uh, rewatch that. That, The Plea, and my film Eugene versus Humanity, I'm trying to get on YouTube so people can watch it more easily because mm-hmm. um, the website for our uh, the film distribution company has been kind of wonky lately. Uh, so hopefully I'll be able to announce that those are on YouTube soon. But for now... Uh, no way to watch them unless you go to Kismet Media and it works for some reason. Uh, <laughs> so not to yeah, knock the website, but every time I go there, it's not working. My computer yeah. could also just be shit. It could work for everyone else. Who knows? Um, so who knows? Uh, then with my boy, my baby oh. child, I watched no. Shrek. I think I told you about this. You did. Uh, we watched Shrek and he was laughing anytime Shrek was on screen. He loved Shrek. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I and didn't. Then... You and I talked about which were the best ones and all yeah. that. Yeah, it goes yeah. two, one, yep. four, yep. three. Uh, any and I never other... watched four, I actually uh, I think. I only watched four because I worked at a movie theater when it came out. But yeah. three was awful, and I almost didn't watch four. But then I watched four, and I was like, this is a lot better than three. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, that's Shrek. Then I watched John Wick Chapter 4. We have a review for that up on the, the YouTubes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can check out our thoughts on that. Then I watched a another Ingmar Bergman movie, Through a Glass Darkly. Um, this is about a woman uh, with schizophrenia. Uh, and um, yeah, uh, th- mm-hmm. it, was, it was very well done. It, it, I think it won Best International Feature or Best Foreign Film back then. Uh, in 1961 when it came out. Um, and, and it's a really, really well-made movie. I highly suggest people check that out. Uh, then I watched another Ingmar Bergman movie because I'm still working my way through the collection of his it's films really that I have. cranking them out. Yeah, I'm trying to get it done this year. I've had that thing for four years, and up until yeah. this year I had only watched seven of them. So uh, I watched a, one called Winter Light, which is about a uh, priest on a remote island 
Uh, well, it's, I guess it's not a remote island, but it's 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 like a, a rural area. He's a priest and a, uh, he's a pastor. He's not a priest. There is a difference for those of you who don't know. Priests can't get married. Pastors can. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's a pastor in a remote area of Sweden, and uh, he's like the only church within like a hundred miles or whatever. But he's lost his faith, so it's kind of like him trying to uh, go through the motions to not have anyone else lose their faith and whatnot. Uh, it's very interesting. I actually loved it a lot, so highly suggest people check that out. Then with my boy, oh. my baby child, we watched wow. Hercules. Uh, oh, what a classic. Yeah, we watched a lot of Disney movies this week. I uh, mm-hmm. love Hercules. You know, I'm not going to talk too much about Hercules. It's Hercules. Then I, I invited you, but you didn't want to go, but I uh, understand why. It's not that I didn't uh, want to. It's that I had, had other things going other on. Other things. Yeah. 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 Uh, I went and saw Florence Pugh's latest film, uh, directed by Zach Braff, A Good Person. Uh, film overall is okay. There's some really strong moments, some cringy moments. Um, but overall, so I would Zach say... Zach Braff directed that? Yeah, Zach Braff directed it. I think they were still dating when, oh. when he directed it. Um, but, you know, it's... Zach Braff is one of those directors you're either going to uh, yeah. hate or have no opinion of. Like, I don't know anyone that loves Zach Braff as a director. Uh, I like his movies, but, yep. like, I, I don't love them. Um, and this was no exception. I liked it. I didn't love it. Uh, but Florence Pugh's really great in it, as she is in everything. Morgan mm-hmm. Freeman's really great in it. Uh, great acting. Writing kind of lacked a little bit. Uh, and, yeah. Uh, check that out if you want to. All right. Uh, then, me, my boy, my baby child, we watched Whoa. The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh, he didn't like it, because, it, you know, that's one of the more scary. It is the, a more mature one, yeah. Because it's more realistic than any, anything else. Like, lions fighting whatever, but humans being horrible to each other, that's pretty pretty realistic so we watched like half an hour of it before he was like i'm done let's watch the lion king uh, i went back and rewatched it by myself because i hadn't seen it in a while and i really mm-hmm. do love that movie so uh, i did watch the whole thing then but me and my boy after that finished the lion king or watched the lion king yes uh he had yes. seen it before but he likes it so uh we watched that did you ever uh, watch the I second watched... one no hmm. i oh. It might be nostalgia, but I liked the second one. I've seen parts of it because when I was in middle school, like towards the end of the summer, uh, my music teacher, when, you know, the time of school when no one's doing anything except for putting on movies, yeah, uh, she put on The Lion King too. So I've seen parts of it, but I didn't watch it all the way through. And everyone was just kind of dicking around anyway, so it's not like I was really paying attention. As um, they do. Yeah. But then I watched Jiro Dreams of Sushi, which we'll get into in a minute. And then the last film I watched, I watched today... A horror film starring Sandra All Sandra O, oh, excuse me, mm-hmm. called Uma, uh, which is a film about this woman who was abused by her Korean mother. Uh, it, it 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 matters. Like the whole thing's about you know Korean tradition and everything. Yeah. Um, and so she finds out her mother died. Uh, and her mother, like, put a curse on her and everything, so it's just kind of weird like that. It's a really weird movie. It has, like, six opening sequences, which is weird. If anyone sees it, they'll know what I mean. Like, it's, it feels like they didn't know what to do for a credit sequence, uh, shot a bunch of them, realized that they were running sh- uh, short on time, so they just put all the credit sequences in there, but without credits, mm. um, if that makes sense. So, yeah, it's weird. Uh, overall, it's not a great movie. There are some good parts about it, but I would skip it if I were you. Okay. Uh, but that's all I watched. Uh, so, yeah, let's get into Jiro Dreams of Sushi. I 
今仕事しててこの年になって完璧だとは思っていないからね親父さんまだ悔いがあるからおかしいよ<笑>でせがれがかわいそうだから早く譲ってあげてってずっとまあ親父さんがやっていければそれでいいんですけれどもそうはいかないですからいつかは交代しなきゃいけないですからそこまで頂上まで行けば完璧かも分かんないけどじゃあこの頂上はどこかっていうと分かんないわけですよ抜いてやっと並んだそのぐらいあのやっぱり親父の,親父の影響ってどんなもん夢だったったていうのがありますよこれやったらいいんだなって言ったら夢でしょあれ A documentary on 85-year-old sushi master Jiro Ono, his renowned Tokyo restaurant, and his relationship with his son and eventual heir, Yoshikazo. Yes, directed by David Gelb, starring uh, Jiro Ono, or featuring Jiro Ono, Yoshikazu Ono, uh, Masahiro Yamamoto, Dasuka Nakazama, and and others. Um, I don't want to butcher their names any more than I butchered these four names. Uh, but yes, this came of of course up on the streaming roulette, and we picked it because it seemed pretty chill. It did. And he looked super humble, and yes. in fact, he was super frightening this whole time watching. Yes, it. <laughs> he was, and I mean this with the utmost respect. Kind yeah. of full of himself, not in like a a, a horrible way. Like it was kind of yeah. endearing how how he knew. It was more he was passionate about what he did, knew he was good at it. Mm-hmm. And wasn't humble about that, which is not, you know, knocking his character. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's just, he was blunt. He was like, yeah, I'm really good. Yeah, I, I'm fucking great. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, this was uh, made in 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was nominated for an Oscar, if I'm not mistaken. Let me oh, double check that uh, for best documentary. Uh, I hate that IMDb changed around everything. Let's see. Uh, okay, so it was not nominated for, for Best mm-hmm. Documentary. I was mistaken about that. Uh, but, you know, I wouldn't have been surprised if it was. Um, yeah. But, you know, the whole thing's about this the best sushi restaurant in the entire world. Uh, so they claim. I don't know anything about sushi. I don't even like sushi, it so was, I can't. It was, yeah, it was mostly Japan, how it's one of the most renowned sushi restaurants. And my um, guess is Japan in, has the best sushi restaurant in general. Yeah, <laughs> it was the, generally the most... Uh, the most renowned in Japan and yeah. heard of round world. Yeah, but it's a three Michelin star restaurant. You know, mm-hmm. Michelin star is like the the highest of uh, honors for high, um, fancy dining or high dining, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, so I was shocked to find out that this restaurant was in a subway. Yeah. Like, you know, subway, especially in the United States, is usually reserved for like fast food or like little you know, shitty food trucks. Uh, mm-hmm. At least in my experience, I, ha- I haven't been to that many subways, so I could be completely off on that. Yeah, uh, we've but, also got just, it's America, so. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's very true. They uh, We don't take as care as much care of, of our uh, public transport as mm-hmm. other countries do. Uh, but yeah, that, that was just surprising to me that it was in the subway, this uh, very fancy restaurant where the minimum is $230 a plate. Mm-hmm. Uh that shocked me. And in the beginning when that guy came in and he was like, oh, we start off at 30,000 yen, yeah, but 30, it changes. 30,000 yen. Which so I, I was did, like, I, Yeah, I, I checked and that's $230. And I was like, Jesus Christ, in a subway, no less. That's, yeah. that's impressive. So it was just, it was really cool seeing how different restaurants are. 
mm-hmm. y- you know, in, in other countries that actually I mean, care about their public transport. Yeah, I mean, it even makes sense. Like, as soon as you get off work, you probably, you know, want to just get right to eat and then you head home after that or or the other way around. You want to eat something before you go into work. So, I mean, it makes sense that there, you know, be, would be good dining in subways and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're over here just not good at, you know, doing that. Yeah, we don't even have an olive garden in a subway. Yep. You have to go above ground we for that. Have, olive we might have even a fancy. subway in a subway. That's about it. You, you know what? 100%. And that's only because they could make the, the pun. It's a subway subway. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the... the you know, I, I thought it was a very, you know, even though he was kind of intense and frightening, it was a, it was a more or less relaxing documentary. Yeah. Um, just seeing passionate people work is just fun for me to do. You know, I don't care about sushi. I don't even like sushi. Every single sushi I've had, I've had to, like, fight to keep down. Not because it's, like, overly disgusting. I just don't like cold meat in general. Uh, yeah. And I know not all sushi is cold, but, yeah. like... I'm also not a big seafood person, so mm-hmm. it's just it's everything that I don't like mixed into food, uh, and that's on me. That's not on food, obviously. I I'm not hating on anyone for loving sushi. Have you ever had tofu? A little off like, topic, but I well, uh, I have talked to people who say that tofu really depends on what it's paired with, uh, yeah. because it absorbs the flavor of what it's with. What or how I it's have, made. yes, what I have had to- tofu in, I have not liked. Uh, Mainly my experience with tofu is people using it as a meat substitute, not telling me that they're using a meat substitute. <laughs> when I, so when I bite into it expecting to be beef or chicken or whatever, yep. it's tofu. And when you bite into tofu thinking it might be meat, it's not mm-hmm. good. For the love of God, vegans, if you want to share pe- share with people how good your food is, tell them what it is. <laughs> Don't try to trick them because that will never work. So I, I had told you work. last week that uh, I was I was thinking about getting sushi uh, like this, this last weekend, um, mm-hmm. that we're obviously doing the podcast this past weekend. Um, we actually ended up going to a ramen shop and in, instead of doing the sushi, but we, we decided, you know, let's get the ramen, but also I want to try something different. I want to try, I want to try tofu. And, uh, yeah, it was a little bit more, uh, gelatinous, I guess is a good word for it than I expected yeah. it to be. I guess there's different ways you could make it. Uh, again, this isn't a cooking podcast or anything. I'm just trying to we segue are now. real quick. <laughs> I'm trying to segue real quick. I'm trying to make it quick. Uh, tofu, uh, like you said, needs to be paired with something good. And yeah. this, it was for the fact it was good. But the funny story that I have is the person that I went with, they tried it and they almost gagged. And it was fucking kind of hilarious. And I felt bad. <laughs> had they had tofu before or was that their first time? They had not had tofu like that okay. before. Because it, it okay. was like, imagine like just egg whites. It was kind of like that texture. No, yeah. No, was, I don't blame them. But at the, like me, I'll eat fucking anything. I'm a garbage disposal. Yeah. Um, I'm, so, I'm, big, like, I'm big on textures. Everything I dislike with the exception of mustard and pickles yeah. is 100% of texture. Mustard and pickles are the only thing I don't like because of the taste. Mm-hmm. And Brussels sprouts. I hate Brussels sprouts. The taste of Brussels sprouts. It um, would have been a big texture thing for me if I don't pretty much already swallow food whole. So... <laughs> So like I I took I took a bite and I'm like I'm not biting this gelatinous thing I just gobble it I was like Whoa. Yeah. no wonder you're constipated all the time Amen it's yeah. <laughs> I gotta start working this thing out Yeah uh, but anyway besides that tofu uh, now we're moving back to sushi uh, where where did I even segue from that 
Uh, I was talking about how I don't like sushi, and then you asked if I had tofu. Uh, Yeah, you don't like sushi. I I like sushi a lot. I'm not a connoisseur. I don't fucking know everything about sushi. But I do really enjoy going to sushi. Me and uh, Smiley McGee, Zach, we actually used to, and this is a fucking, anybody who's a five-star restaurant sushi maker, uh, sorry, I'm about to say this. We used to get Wegman sushi all the time. Like every week, we would go and get Wegman sushi and just get lunch together, and it'd be you're just fantastic. a man of culture. Hey, I am what I am. I'm a cheap son of a bitch too, so <laughs> I'm not paying two hundred and thirty dollars for sushi. Maybe once for sure. Um, yeah, it's like me. But, I bought a sixty dollars steak on my honeymoon because yeah. I I had the opportunity to. Uh, and I can tell you this: uh, sixty dollars steak. I don't care what anyone says. Just as good as a twenty dollars steak. One hundred percent. There is no need. $20 is the max a steak should cost. Mm-hmm. So. I'm, I'm willing to do anything as far as that goes once, as far as food. I'm, like, willing yeah. to do anything once. But after that, I'm like, I'm not doing this more than fucking once in my lifetime. But uh, backtracking back to what you were saying about how um, you you like just seeing people being, like, super passionate and just watching documentaries and stuff. About, like, yeah. this, it was completely uh, awesome to, like, just watch somebody, like, build their craft, watch them make something, know that just by the, like, shots of him just doing it with his hands, just all the experience he just has. You can just see by his hands all of the years he's put into it and just yeah. how easily he can make these things. Yeah, it's all methodical. It, it's all muscle it's, memory. There's no yeah. thought behind it. He doesn't even have to look at it. And he would just know. Yeah. And it, I think it... <laughs> it always makes me feel like absolute shit when watching movies like or documentaries like this and just seeing people be like find their profession because I'm sitting here I'm like I I don't have anything that I'm like more than okay at yeah <laughs> like more than good at yeah but I I just I love watching people being able to find their profession and find their hobby that they just excel at yeah and it's it's really cool uh, like we were saying earlier this guy oozes confidence as far as uh, his job. He he knows he's good at it. He's great at it. He got a three Michelin stars, which is awesome. Um, and he's even got his family doing it. He's got uh, his kid. He's got his other kid working for him or under him. Uh, mm-hmm. Eventually, he would inherit the restaurant that he's at now. And then the, the younger son actually owns a restaurant. Yeah. It does the same thing, has a sushi thing. And I, I love that the, uh, you know... Th- that that's such a um a, a Japanese culture thing, where mm-hmm. they they asked the oldest son if he was jealous that his old younger son had uh, was own owning a restaurant, and mm-hmm. he was like, no, it's just expected of me that I'll take over this once he retires. Like it's it's not a big deal because like yeah. in in the U S that would be a huge like soft or uh, you know hard thing to talk about with someone because they would be jealous about it. So I thought mm-hmm. you know he he handled it with such grace. Uh, and you know, they, they talk about how much he works, uh, to the point when they were kids, they thought there was a strange man sleeping in their house when they, he would <laughs> actually be home. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I am a, I would say I'm a hard worker for things I care about. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if, if it comes to filmmaking or something, I have no problem working like a 20 hour shift if I have to, uh, for multiple days in a row. Yeah. Um, but it's the, the thing with me is that I do not see the point of working on something that you don't care about, uh, mm-hmm. which to us, to some people might make, especially in the U S might seem lazy. 
because uh, they're everyone's like, oh, you got to work hard at everything you do. It's like, why do I have to work hard at something I don't want to do? Yeah, like that. That's a, a waste of my energy. Uh, but it was it, regardless the hours that he put in in his uh, at the time eighty five years. I looked up and it seems like at ninety seven he's still running yeah, the he's restaurant. He's still going. It's crazy. So, you, yeah, he's he's been doing that for so long, and I think they say he only shuts like closes on holidays and will be gone for funerals, but then we'll come back later. And he doesn't even uh, want to go on holidays. Yeah, he just like he, he he wants to work that much at it. And, you know, I I understand that for him, that's more of a love for sushi than it is like I want to make end meets, ends meet. Like they mm-hmm. seem comfortable. Uh, so it's, I, I don't think at this point it's, it's a, you know, for money thing. I think it's he is passionate about it. And that's what's cool about it. Like how hard he's working for something he's passionate about. If he didn't like it, it'd be more sad. Uh, it scares but. me when people work like that though because outside of work i'm just i'm just super curious what they're like this dude worked n- not 97 he probably straight almost 85 years straight yeah but well, all right maybe he's 12 then so let's all right maybe 80 80 years almost straight working sushi yeah just non-stop it's it scares me when people are like that because i'm like what I get the passion, I get the love, I get yes. the craft, I get all of that. But holy shit, do you just not become a robot at that point? I think That's... I think you have to cuz like the the greatness of life is in between when you're working on stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh even I I don't want to get like super hippy dippyish, but like when when we were like hunter gatherers, uh yeah. the hunting and gathering was not part of the the anyone's personality. Yeah. Uh, it was with what they did in between the hunting and gathering that built society. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, doing the stuff for survival was not what ended up creating a community. It was the the getting together around a fire, uh, singing, telling jokes, telling stories. That was the stuff that like built the community and separated uh, the humans from the animals. Uh, and so, I think at some point you do have to become a robot. Uh, he seems happy, so I'm not going to say that yeah, you know, I, his, his, this, he's got a sad life, but it's just, you're this right, This is coming is from me, who has no absolute, you know, profession, doesn't have a career, so <laughs> I can't talk shit. I just enjoy life too much to settle down on yeah. just being like, I'm going to work this nine to five back and forth, just yeah. actually seven days a week. But the way I can look at it, I, I look it's, at him It's not doing my sushi. walk of life, so I yes. can't talk in his shoes. Yeah. I look at him making sushi as how I look at making films. Like, even mm-hmm. though I don't work, uh, t- you know, 18-hour days every day doing it, uh, every single day I'm doing something to further my film career yeah. uh, for at least an hour a day. So I, I understand that aspect. Um, but, yeah, he definitely takes it to a whole other level, working a full day every single day, mm-hmm. and to the point where... Uh, he doesn't know what to do when he's not working. And I know you know someone like that. I personally don't know someone like that. And it's exhausting even just thinking about it, honestly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. Um, what I really liked a lot about this documentary is how much it showed like attention to detail to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, not only the, you know, them making the sushi, but 
him watching people eat the sushi and him kind of gathering their characteristics and you know how they're, if they're left-handed or right-handed. Yeah. I, Speaking I, of which, he's left-handed yes. just like me. You're, you're. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know <laughs> this the elitists over here. Watch out. Yeah. Um, between you know him watching people eat um, and then uh, we'll talk about this more in a second, but I'll just kind of score through everything. Um, the the fish market and how they go into deciding for the fish and like going into uh, the people that pick, the, like the dealers for the foods. Um, mm -hmm. I like how they went into detail about every little category. Um, they showed the workers in the back that's behind Giro. And that's, it's not all just him. It's oh, that, yeah, that was it's, my favorite part, honestly. Yeah. He, now he, he's, he's an absolute uh, unit uh, when you see him, but he, he compliments the people around him and that it's not all just him. It's the people behind him supporting him through it yeah. all. Um, I liked how much they, they talked about the, the oldest son. Um, that was really cool and how mm -hmm. he's kind of, how obviously eventually he's going to inherit it. But <laughs> And the reveal at the end that he was actually the one yeah. making the sushi when they, they got the Michelin stars. Yeah, for the Michelin which, stars. He was, I did a little fist pump for him when that happened. Like I, I love that. It, it was like a huge plot twist. It was like, yeah, because the, the entire time they're like, is he going to be as good? Well, guess what, motherfucker? He's the reason <laughs> they got Michelin stars. Yeah. <laughs> Um, which is actually, I mean, I'm still talking about how attention to detail everything was, and that's yeah. that's what made it great. But it, it was crazy to see after the movie finished that they got their Michelin stars revoked because they're no longer like open to to the public. Oh, did they? Yeah, I just oh, I looked sucks. I looked it up right after. It's no longer open to the public uh, as they can no longer be recognized as open to the general public because they have to reserve uh, obviously reservations through a luxury hotel yeah. i guess that's probably near like in the in the section where they're at yeah instead of just like calling in and just being a normal person yeah but i know i know their reservations were already like oh you have to reserve like a month ahead of time mm -hmm. so I, I feel like eventually it was probably inevitable especially after the documentary it was probably a little more booming oh, yeah, they too probably got a huge boom out of it um so it's it's crazy uh, it's crazy that the dude is still alive, kicking, and is still making sushi. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it's even crazier that the son might never inherit the fucking thing because he might die before his old man. Yeah, in that sense, it's kind of sad. But you know, yeah. he seems content. So no, nah, he seems fine. I mean, he. Yeah. They're hard workers. Yeah. It's. He, I mean, I, he. He. You can tell the son knows that he has what it takes, and honestly, oftentimes that's more than than needed. And. <laughs> I would assume that uh, Jiro lets him know that he has the utmost confidence in him. It's just yeah. he's not ready to retire for himself, not that he doesn't trust his son. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, he even said that at the end. Yeah. Um, he's like, when I become, like, senile or, like, too senile or when the customers too, think I'm too gross, <laughs> like, he's like, then I'll, I'll put the gloves down. But until then, oh, speaking of gloves... I feel like did they? Do you think they wore gloves to kind of keep the germs and stuff off their hands and make sure they didn't get scratched or anything when off on on the off times? Uh, I I don't know if that's probably, a Japanese culture thing. Like I know the masks if they're sick they'll wear masks. I, I know I know trying to be clean and and germ free is is a heavily um, not just Japanese. I think it's just a Asian culture thing. Yeah. Um, but you know his his gloves were fancy, so I wouldn't be surprised if it was him <laughs> protecting his hands. Yeah, it was um, just there was so much attention to detail on yeah. everything, and that's it's really what I liked about it. Obviously, the story of it all too, 
and how he came from nothing. He worked mm-hmm. very hard after the war and was able to get his own restaurant and his got his comeuppance and he's he's doing doing great. He's still fucking alive. Yeah. Which is awesome. Uh, I just genuinely really enjoyed this thing. More than I yeah, thought to, to be honest. Um, and the runtime really helped it a lot. <laughs> yeah. And I, I love that they seem they mult on multiple occasions they said that they would prefer to lose money than to lose quality. Yeah. Uh and you know, I honestly am a big advocate of that. I wish less people uh were about profits than they were quality. Mm-hmm. Um, cause that's how you get everything from like mediocre food, uh, with a shit ton of preservatives that are not good for your body, mm-hmm. uh, to even, uh, the, the quality of Marvel movies now, yeah. um, they're, they're more about quality or quantity and money over quality. And, uh, you know, it's, it's something that I wish this world focused more on because it definitely used to, it was about until people realized you could make more money with shittier quality products, anything from cars to houses to, mm-hmm. to food. The, I feel like the economy is just, you know, it's gone uphill a little bit, but it's, it's, it's going to come crashing down at some point uh, yeah. if it hasn't already started. So I just love that. Uh, one thing I didn't expect is that they would start talking about overfishing. Um, yeah, I was actually going to get into that too. Yeah. Um, because when this documentary came out, uh, funnily enough, my senior year, which is when I graduated, 2011, um, I did a report on tuna, like, and overfishing and how in, like, the next 10 years, like, so 2021, it would be, like, very, very dangerous to be, like, I'm. It, so it's still, to this day, it's still a huge problem. Um, yeah. Now, obviously, this was in 2011, so this is in 2021. They'd probably still talk about the same thing, but it, they, they made it, like, a huge thing in this movie. Uh, this documentary to talk about it and how um, how worried uh, Yushikazu was about it. Like, mm-hmm. it was, like, his primary. He's like, this shit's fucked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was talking about how he could go to, uh, like, you know, Japanese fish markets and it's just becoming harder to find high-quality fish. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it was I it was unexpected and uh, uh, welcomed surprise for them to talk about that because uh, I, I do think you know that it is a important topic that people don't really realize you know mm-hmm. you, it's not just this endless gathering of fish that you can keep doing you got to do it smart well it, sh- um, it even shows their their passion and love for not only you know making the sushi but you know the fish themselves they don't yeah they don't want to obviously they're going to get run out of business if there's two but they want good quality they want long lasting fish that have healthy lives and then you know then we could bring them in like they they, he talked about it pretty in detail about how he feels about waiting till they're 100 kilograms before bringing them in it was really cool yeah there definitely needs to be more regulations with with fishing uh more regulations with everything honestly and if if you are a person who's against regulations because you think uh, people will ultimately do the right thing. You're naive as fuck. Yeah. Uh, people will always pick money over the world um, mm-hmm. because they have a god complex. And uh, but you know what? There's well, a that's... positive in all this, and that yeah. is that Japanese fish auctions seem like a shit ton of fun. 
They do. Like I was, I was jamming out to them, to them calling and ringing the bells. I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know what you're saying, but I dig it. it, it I'm into like, it. <laughs> yeah, I would love to just go witness a Japanese fish auction because it just seems like fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, sorry for that. No, no I was just, I was just thinking about it. <laughs> uh, no, it was, it was, it was really good about all aspects of the movie. It was just genuinely couldn't yeah. ask for a better thing. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, you I do. Else? However, I do mm. wish I just thought of it now. I do wish they talked about the younger brother a little bit more. Yeah, that would have been nice. Um, um now I guess they were just is, focusing on this restaurant. Yeah, it's obviously a a movie about Jiro uh, and mm-hmm. you know what his eventual uh, in heir uh, Yoshikazu. But uh, I, I wish they would have talked about him more and how how they kind of acquired the restaurant and uh, guest or not guest but put him in place instead of instead of the older brother yeah uh i don't know because you think you think he would have put the older brother in there instead of the younger but i don't know yeah i think i um i took that as a japanese culture thing because they said that like it's expected of the older brother to take uh, place of the father, yeah, uh, and I'm sure Jiro wanted him as close as possible so that he could get his his skills up, yeah, more. Um, not to say that he doesn't trust his well, younger yeah, son's skills, if, but if, because, if he because ever of does, Japanese culture, he was like, I need him to be clo- as close to me as possible. Yeah, if he ever does pass away, he needs the same amount of uh, experience, pretty exactly. much. Yeah, yes. I guess I could see that for sure. Yeah. But uh would have been nice to see a little bit more talked about uh, the younger brother, uh, Takashi, I think his name was. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, but I, was, I think that was really the only real flaw uh, with this. An hour and 20 minutes, it's super easy to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, very informative about a lot of stuff. You can see, you see the love and passion within all of it. Uh, just very nice film. I do love that he's like... <laughs> like a, I feel like... I feel like... Most average uh, Japanese people would just be like, you know, very respectful, you know, to the to their uh, parents and stuff like that. Every time he talked about his dad, he's like, "Yeah, fuck that guy, man. Why am I even here?" And like <laughs> at, at his tombstone, and then the yeah. the son was like, "Don't talk about, don't talk ill to your uh, parents I mean, that just right goes in front to show of them." You how much that his dad probably abused him. Where like even in Japanese culture, where uh, you know emotional abuse isn't even talked about that mm-hmm. they still respect their parents even through emotional abuse so i i just took that as his parents doing like abusing the shit out of him or neglecting mm-hmm. the shit out of shit out of him because he said they didn't do anything for me um so yeah it was it was refreshing in a way and also sad but refreshing yeah. to see that it's not you know just your your stereotypical oh he was my father even though he stopped taking care of me at seven years old or whatever it was it also um, it also made me sad that uh, the kids wanted to go to college and he was just like, no, nah, you're going to work in the sushi restaurant yeah, with me. Yeah, that, that, that was the one thing I didn't like. I, I hate it. I, on, I even hate it. Granted, there are a lot of uh, family companies out there that ask their sons before mm-hmm. or their kids before taking over. But then there's also a lot that just like like push it on them. They're like, oh, yeah. this is going to be your company one day. What if it's not what they want? Yeah, like like uh, uh, Yoshikazu was like he was really into speed. He was really into 
just fast things, mm -hmm. and and like he could have done a lot of things with that. Could have been an engineer. Could have been a racer. Yeah, could have been... Liter literally anything. Obviously, he couldn't be you know a, a fighter pilot because his vision he couldn't really yeah. fly. Um, I'm I'm the same. I used to be one. Of, I used to want to be a, like a, a jet. Uh, jet driver, as they say, in Glen Brain, but a pilot. <laughs> uh, but my eyes are too bad for all that. <laughs> but yeah. that was fucking years ago before I actually cared. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it was kind of just really sad. They were like, yeah, I kind of wanted to go to college and do these things. And he's like, mm, nope. Do you? I'm, now yeah. I'm sure it might have been like, you know, do, you don't really have a solid uh, Plan. foresight on what you want to do. So yeah. we're, how about how about you just work here until you figure yeah. it out and then they were probably like whatever obviously we don't know their lives so yeah it could have been lost in translation too he could have yeah it could have been more of like hey try this out for a little bit see if you like it if not you can go to college mm -hmm. uh, it could it, have been something like that but in the end they seem to obviously i feel like they wouldn't stick around if they didn't care for the, what they were doing so yeah and and uh, Yoshikazu got a three-star Michelin, so he's really fucking good at his job. And yeah, he showed a lot of care for what he was doing and passion. So it's not my life; it's his. You know. Yeah. But power yeah. to the man. None he's of, killing none of them it out seem, there. None of them seem sad, so that's yeah. all that matters. Uh, but yeah, that's really all I gotta say. That's same here. Yeah. So that does it for our review for Zero Dreams of Sushi. That brings us to the judgment. As always, it needs to be a unanimous decision whether or not it goes on the cavalry shelf with the likes of a puzzle and handmaiden. Uh, this was extremely roulette. I'll just go first. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a really well-made documentary. I'm actually surprised it wasn't nominated for Best Documentary mm -hmm. uh, at the Oscars the year it came out. Um, and, uh, you know, it was well shot, incredibly edited, uh, told a very calming story in an informative way. Uh, didn't know that sushi was street food to start off. That that was something yeah. I was inter found interesting. Uh, but yeah, it was just a really well made, interesting documentary about something I really don't care about because I don't like sushi. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I, I say it absolutely goes on the shelf because for an hour and twenty minutes, it made me care. Yeah, uh, same here. I definitely want that bad boy on the shelf. Uh, yeah. Documentaries, they're really hit or miss. This was a definite hit. Very informative, very visual, very passionate. It was just really good. Like, even, like, informative to the aspect where every time they showed a sushi that he made, like, they showed what the name was in Japanese and, yeah. like, just overall what it's called. Um, so it was, like, super, super, just genuinely good. And now yeah. it definitely makes me want sushi, but yeah, I'm way too hungry at the moment to just <laughs> want sushi. So, yeah. <laughs> one day. Yeah, so Jiro Dreams of Sushi does go on the cave shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. Uh, that brings us to our assignment for next week. Uh, we have a little bit of news. We're taking a little time off because we're doing the Stonies. Stonies, mm. Stonies, 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 Stonies. So the next uh, quote-unquote episode that will be released uh, is going to be the nominations for the Stone this year's Stonies. Mm -hmm. And then two weeks after that is going to be the actual Stony ceremony. And then... Uh, I'm going to be in Iceland, so we're going to push it back a little bit further. And then on May 8th is when our next regularly scheduled episode will come out. Uh, and uh, But yeah, check out the Stonies before that because they, they, they'll be posted both here and YouTube. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. So yeah, check those out. Uh, but I will tell you what movie we're going to be watching for the May 8th episode. Uh, and of course, this year I have been having Glenn pick out of a list pick a number between 1 and 32 Glenn Are you ready? Yes. 17. Thank you for waiting. Thank you for waiting that time by the way. Yeah, no problem. 17? Okay. Uh one second. 
Okay. So I forgot to mention oh. uh, that there are two bombs in there. Oh, good. Like, ones that I know are going to be horrible. Uh, I, I keep forgetting to mention that. They've been in there this entire year, and this is the first time I've mentioned it. Uh, I think you said that. You you said it last time. Did I? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so this year, or this year, what am I doing? What Mike, what is your problem, you stupid idiot? Um, uh, well, you're not wrong, Mike. You're yeah. okay. <laughs> so our next movie is going to be on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a film starring... Jack Nicholson, Benicio Del Toro, Patricia Clarkson, and Bo Daniels, mm-hmm. uh, as well as Aaron Eckhart's in there. Uh, it is directed by Sean Penn, uh, written by Friedrich Durenmott, based on the book by him at least, uh, Jersey Kromolowski, and Mary Olsen Kromolowski, uh, and it is called The Pledge. Jerry, for Christ's sake, you're retiring. I'm trying to fit all the pieces together, fill in the gaps. You did have a daughter that went missing three years ago, didn't you? Thought you were supposed to be fishing. Need more time on this. No offense, but you're retired. You don't work here anymore. Jenny drew a picture of a giant. She called him the wizard. He was as big as a mountain. I have reason to believe that she was meeting with this man seen here. And you see this big black car? Come on, Jerry. You gotta start getting on with your life. I made a promise, Eric. You're old enough to remember when that meant something. The Pledge. Let me just make sure that that definitely is on Hulu and, and whatnot. It's on a lot of things. Yes. Uh, it's free Hulu. on YouTube, Pluto, Tubi, Peacock, Roku, uh, yeah. Prime, Plex, and Hulu, if you've yeah, got so Hulu. Hulu, Peacock, Hoopla, Canopy, Shout Factory TV. Never heard of that before. Tubi, Pluto, Peacock. I already said Peacock. Plex, Freebie. Yeah, Roku. <laughs> All the ones that you said. I, I just wanted to add hoopla and canopy as well, just <laughs> for people who know uh, A retiring police detective pledges to catch a killer of a young child. Nice and simple. Very simple. For a synopsis. So that is the pledge, and it's going to be on all those nice things. And, of course, as I said, that episode will come out May 8th. So... The Pledge is our assignment for next week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, you can check out our website at www.keystonefilmreview.com. On Instagram, we're your Keystone underscore film underscore review. Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube, Keystone Film Review. And on Letterboxd, I'm Mike KFR. And I'm Glenn KFR. And that will do it until next week when we catch a, co- a child killer with with uh, with Jack Nicholson. And yes. we're going we're gonna to beat a child killer up, maybe. I don't know. Who maybe, knows? He might maybe not catch we'll him. handle the truth. Yeah, we, we can't handle it. I think we can. Yeah, probably. We'll see. Yes. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.